Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship.
We were eyewitnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen. By us, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading from Colossians chapter 3, Paul writes, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, for Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you die, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This is the gospel of the, the word of the Lord. Let us stand for the gospel. seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the feet. 
They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. He said, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbi, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go and stay with my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. As Mary of Magdala went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Easter morning, 
but he didn't want to confuse uh, the other kids that were there with the different reports of the four Gospels. And so he decided just to ask them what they thought, and they gave different responses. And finally, he turned to that particular boy, and he said, so, what were Jesus' first words on Easter morning? Well, the boy stood up, and he said with, a, with just, a, just a grin, he said, ta-da! <laughs> well, Easter morning is sort of a ta-da moment, isn't it? I mean, I mean, no one expected it. The disciples and the uh, Jesus' friends placed him in the tomb, the cold, dead body of Jesus. He was as dead as anyone could be. The cruel treatment by the authorities, the hours that he spent on the cross, really drained the life right out of him. They rolled the stone across the front of the tomb, thinking that was the end of Jesus. He would never walk with them again. After all, when you're dead, you're dead. <coughs> then, that first Easter, the disciples really were as sad as you could get. I mean, Jesus was gone, there didn't seem to be any future. And really, whatever future they had planned around Jesus and everything that he had said about love and the kingdom of God, well, that was about as dead as Jesus himself. But it's into that sadness that Jesus brings joy and hope. Now, if I were Jesus on Sunday or on Easter morning, I'd be tempted to do the ta-da, look on a life, right? Just to show the disciples they had gotten it all wrong about who I was and what I came to do. I mean, yeah, you know, if I were Jesus, I would do that to die alive because they really had not been listening carefully, had they? When I spoke about my death, that, that I would rise again in three days, and obviously weren't paying attention when I had the authority over death to raise Lazarus uh, and others from the dead, I would do that to die to emphasize they really didn't take my words seriously. I am the resurrection and the life that I was sent to prepare the way so that all who believe and could be in my Father's house with eternal life and freedom from death. But Jesus is far more sensitive than me, right? Uh, and to, to walk into a locked room where the disciples were hiding uh, from the authorities or to walk up behind Mary and loudly say that fanfare, ta-da, right? He didn't do that. He didn't do that to get a reaction because he knew it would scare the living taillights out of them. The last thing they expected to see was a dead man walking, talking, eating with them. And so more appropriately, Jesus calmly says, peace be with you, don't be afraid. And even though the expression, ta-da, is not in the Easter story, nevertheless, it expresses something the excitement and importance of joy of Easter doesn't. Uh, for you English folks, uh, uh, to die is that onomatopoeia, right? In other words, a word that makes a sound, right? It's a fanfare. A fanfare is usually performed by musical instruments uh, to highlight uh, an important occasion or event. There's a, that royal wedding or, or other kind of big event uh, in, a, in a country, and there's a fanfare of trumpets, and pipe organ, uh, especially in a wedding of uh, preceding the arrival of the bride. Sometimes graduation ceremonies have a fanfare to welcome the graduates. In scripture we're told uh, that there is a fanfare uh, that will herald Jesus' second coming. Come. Listen to this to die moment, if you will. 
that Paul described in 1 Corinthians. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In the flash and the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. My dear friends in Christ, this is the fanfare that will resound around the world. Uh, Ta-da, if you will, that will herald the return of Jesus to the resurrection of the dead. In that moment, things will never be the same again. That new thing that Christ has begun will be complete. What a ta-da moment that will be. Whether we're the ones being raised up from the dead or we are living here on this earth, it's going to be a glorious moment that has started with Christ's own resurrection. Over the centuries, people have gathered on this day and have greeted one another with the phrase we've already used throughout the service. Hallelujah! Christ is risen! But since we say it so much, can that refrain begin to lose that exciting edge? Maybe we should adopt the enthusiasm of that little boy at the kids' talk and add a, a little fanfare. Ta-da! Jesus is alive, right? <laughs> this is the greatest moment in history, my friends. Now, that's not denying the birth of, uh, of God in Bethlehem. Uh, to a virgin in Christmas, or the death of God's Son on the cross in Jerusalem on Good Friday. Those were important moments too, but the resurrection of Jesus on Easter is the culmination, the conclusion of the great plan of salvation that God put into motion through the birth, life, suffering, and death of Jesus. But that saying, ta-da, really do it justice. Is there something else that could help us? Well, they have to be thinking, which is a pretty dangerous thing sometimes. Uh, because what if we had a, a personal entourage of backup for such an occasion? God has taken away your sins, sin's power to condemn you. God has freed you from death and his power over you. God has given you new life, eternal life, a new home, and a new body in eternity. Paul says, death is destroyed, victory is complete. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that was scary, wasn't it? <laughs> the key to understanding the joy of the women as they ran back to the disciples shouting that he's alive, he's alive, and understand Paul's victory shout that death is destroyed. The key to that is that hope is real. The face of, in the face of death, tears are real. Sadness is real. Separation is real. Brokenness is real. But, but none of those things have the last word. Our hope is real, my friends. Our hope is a certain and sure hope that death's power has been defeated. Our hope is that Jesus' own resurrection gives you and me the certain hope that his sacrifice on the cross has wiped away our guilt and replaced it with his own righteousness. We have a certain hope as God's new people that we have been made clean and ready by the death of Jesus to enter into eternal life. Our 
hope comforts us when we stand in the grave of a loved one. Hope tells us that at that moment that this grave is not the end, but the beginning of something wonderful for that person. Jesus has made sure of that. When we face our dying day, hope tells us that we shall pass from this life into eternal life and be raised with a glorious new life and new body. Jesus has made sure of that. But we struggle because of the uncertain hope of our human nature. Let's say you get a, like a shopping cart like you have at the store, and you, you start putting in all the kinds of things that, that you are successfully achieving now and want to achieve in the future. For some of you, it's including the, the busyness of raising a family, working to get ahead financially, seeking a career, getting ahead, maybe taking some courses, planning trips, trips uh, enjoying your grandchildren. I mean, I think you get the picture. As you go through life, you sort of put things in there, all kinds of successes and assets and qualifications and comfort and security. This is your hope for a happy and comfortable life. But as we know, this kind of hope, it's a fragile thing, isn't it? It just takes a little bit. Small upset, financial setback, a lost job, an illness or accident, a pandemic, and then soon those hopes vaporize in an instant. And of course, if death should come, whether it comes for us or for a member of our family, it cuts all those hopes and dreams short. For instance, think about the two men walking down the road to Emmaus. We'll hear that in the upcoming weeks. Two people that were confused, dejected, and sad. They had been followers of Jesus. They had seen his power. They had great hopes that he was the one who was promised by God, but those hopes sort of evaporated. Death had done its worst. They all, the only thing they saw was gloom and sadness. But what difference, what difference it makes when they realize the man they were, that was walking with them is the risen Jesus. What changed them? It was hope. The fire of hope was rekindled in their hearts. It was that ta-da moment for them that Jesus is alive. They were, they were new and, and great things to come in the future for them. It filled them with hope. My friends, God is a great giver of hope. And Jesus' resurrection gives us an even greater and more certain hope. You know, these last uh, few days of Holy Week, we've had the full range of emotions happening. We've had tears and, and, and fear and anger and guilt and despair, hopelessness, remorse. And then comes the resurrection of Jesus and hope. Suddenly everything changes. When hope comes to them, it brings joy and celebration, excitement, understanding, and faith and renewal. And these are deepened as the reality and meaning of the resurrection sink in. You see, in our darkest moment in life's journey, hope reminds you and me that with Jesus, there's always a future, right? If not in this life, then in heaven and eternity. Hope reminds us that Jesus is our living Lord, who is committed to walking with us to help us endure all things right now. Hope assures you and me that nothing can separate us from Jesus' love, nothing in all creation and beyond. Hope comforts you and me with the knowledge that we be, can be content and at peace, even when things threaten us, even when things threaten our safety. Our hope in Jesus changes things. 
friends. We have a living Lord who is very real and active in the events of the day. We have a living Lord to whom we can pour out our hearts when we have uh, com complaints and question God about our hurts and fears and doubts. He blesses us with his promises. His promises give us a certain hope and faith in our living Lord. Hope changes things, doesn't it? A sure and certain hope from God definitely changes things. You see, we have a great message today. Jesus is alive. His promises are certain. Thank you for your but what if we don't have the convenience of having brass follows around when we want to share the good news, right? We, we don't have that, do we? What could be a better way to share the good news of Jesus' love and resurrection? It's us, isn't it? It's our face, our demeanor, our love. When we share the good news that Jesus is risen, that he has died to forgive our sins. Do our faces and our voices reflect the joy that is ours on this day? That's much more loud, that speaks much more loudly than a trumpet fanfare or even a ta-da, right? The certain hope that Jesus gives us changes things. There's only one thing that remains to be said today, that Jesus is alive and he is risen as he said. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is. he is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.